Good morning and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It is a joy to gather with all of you in worship today, not only with you, but also with those who are joining us online. If I could draw uh, your attention to the connect information that you received as you were coming in. Remember, Gift to Gadsden is this week. Uh, you still have an opportunity to sign up for classes. Registration is available online. Also, cookies are needed for the refreshment time. You may drop those off in the Chestnut Street lobby. And if you would like to volunteer hosting or helping serve refreshments, just call us at the office tomorrow and let us know. You may have noticed these beautiful flowers which are in the front of the sanctuary and they are in honor of Miss Pearson for her 95th birthday. And I'm sure you'll want to offer her birthday greetings after worship today. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we remember that in you all things are made new. And we just pray that your renewing spirit be with us in this time of worship. So that we might be renewed to be your witnesses in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
remain standing as firm our faith together. The Apostles' Creed is on the screen and in your worship bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered a Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated don't forget the pew pads which are at the end of each pew if you would take a moment and please sign in now we will worship our God with our morning offering let us pray it is nothing but joy dear God to partner with you and to participate in the work that you are doing here at First United Methodist Church and I pray that you bless us and bless these gifts May they be multiplied and guide us in their use so that your kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
may be seated. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. Heavenly Father, there are so many needs around us. We pray that your holy presence would be in those needs. And we trust that you are working all things together for good. We lift up to you our brothers and sisters who are hurting today, who stand in need of healing, who are grieving, who are searching and seeking, who are dealing with death and decay and are seeking transformation. We pray that your transformational spirit be with them and with all of us gathered, as well as our community our nation, and our world. Forgive our sins, draw us closer to you, and deeper in our path of discipleship. This we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine.
This week, we continue our journey into extraordinary. We've looked at Jesus' extraordinary presence with us in times like these, in times of transition. We've also seen how Jesus can bring the body of Christ together in an extraordinary way and how much he loves us. Today, we pause to consider extraordinary transformation. This sermon series has been an opportunity to go back to the basics and also an opportunity for you to get to know me a little better as I'm new here at First United Methodist Church. Today, we look at Lazarus's story, and I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter. And we will be starting with verse 17, John 11, 17 through 44. Hear the good news. When Jesus arrived, he found Lazarus had already been in dead in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them. Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had, not, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, son of God, the one coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and she saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he had been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always heard me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so they may believe that you sent me. 
When he said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this, your word of ultimate transformation. And we pray as we hear more of Lazarus's story that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Moving back to an area where I served five years ago has actually been nice because I know my way around. I don't have to use Google Maps when I'm going somewhere. And when someone mentions something about a community in Gadsden, I generally know what they're talking about. Now that's not to say that the town hasn't changed. It has. There have been some changes. Some landmarks are gone. Convention Hall has been torn down and the venue has taken its place as a community gathering space. Things have, have changed here, but so have I. I've changed in the past five years. During the pandemic, I gave up wearing my contacts and started wearing glasses. Also, I started working from home and I discovered that the pantry was nearby. COVID pounds are real. I've also gained a few gray hairs and a few aches and pains. But all's not negative. I've also grown in my faith. I've become a little bit more laid back, and I've learned to trust Jesus more. I've discovered new spiritual disciplines, and I would say I'm closer to Christ than I was five years ago. I'm a different person. And changes are good. Can you imagine if I moved back to Gadsden and nothing had changed at all? What if there was no new business, no development? What if the children that I knew through my daughters had, had not grown up? What if they stayed the same? What if those familiar faces that I often scratch my head about wondering if, if that's the person I knew before had not changed at all? Some people may not wish to change in appearance, but that change is a good thing. Development happens. Transformation occurs. Change happens in all of our lives especially in the hands of Christ. Jesus transforms us. Jesus makes the difference. Jesus made a difference in Lazarus's life. So Jesus receives word that his friend Lazarus is ill. So he delays going all for the glory of God. And when he gets there four days later, Lazarus is dead. The community has come in to help Mary and Martha mourn, and it, it's a very sad and despondent time. Jesus is there at the tomb, and, and Mary questions, why didn't you come earlier? And when he goes there to remove the stone away, Martha says, you can't do that. He's been dead for four days. He stinks, Jesus. And Jesus said, did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. 
I am resurrection and I am life. And he calls him out. Lazarus, come out. And he does come out. Lazarus went from death and stench and decay to new life in Christ. It was totally transformational. Now, I have never witnessed a miracle like the raising of Lazarus. I've never seen something that astonishing. But I have seen God's extraordinary transformation at work. I have seen Jesus change lives and make a difference. I think of a dear friend and colleague in ministry and his story. He was abused as a child, and he had a very difficult childhood and, and teenage years. And in order to deal with the problems that he faced, he turned to alcohol and drugs. And that was a hard life. In order to, to fund his habits, he often preyed on vulnerable women. And he didn't care about them. He didn't care about the children he would father. He didn't support them financially or have a relationship with them. Life continued in addiction, and eventually he wound up in prison. During that time, he got clean, but he still did not have a growing relationship with Jesus. He was involved in the 12-step program, and somehow, eventually, he ended up at a United Methodist Church. And that church happened to have a Celebrate Recovery program. He found Jesus as his higher power. He became a leader in that program, and eventually his wife joined him at church, and they became leaders in raising up leaders to start Celebrate Recoveries, mentoring those with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Not only that, but eventually he started exploring his call to ministry. And he got a job with the United Methodist Church planning Celebrate Recoveries. He became licensed for pastoral ministry. And today, as we gather in worship, he is gathered in worship with his church, proclaiming the good news. My colleague, my friend, went from death to new life. He dropped out of high school. He didn't even have his GED. Now he does, and now he's studying ministerial courses. He once preyed on others to fund his addiction, and now he is fiercely working to become debt-free. He loves Jesus and tells others about Jesus whenever he can. I saw a miracle in the life of, of Sam. I first met her when she came to my church. Her friend drug her along, and she was hard, a hardened heart, a hardened exterior. She had a tough childhood and adult life. And the church loved on her. And because of their love, she began to realize she was worthy of love. And she began to accept that and eventually accepted the love of Jesus. And she totally changed. Her countenance changed, her attitude, her demeanor, everything changed about her. And she was baptized, she joined the church, and she was so excited about life in the church. Sadly, about a year into this journey, 
she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and it was fairly advanced. But that never stopped her from praising Jesus. And she would quickly tell you that while she may not be healed in this lifetime, that she was spiritually healed, and she would be healed in the next journey, the next lifetime Amen. with Jesus. It was a beautiful story of redemption and grace. And then I knew someone else who, from appearance, had it all together. He had, like, the perfect family, or so it would appear like a family on a Christmas card picture. It would appear that he had status and everything was together, the great job, the great house, but all that was a shell game. His marriage was falling apart. He was in debt. He was over his head at work. And even though he was connected with the life of the church, he didn't have his priorities straight. One day, it came all crashing down. And he found what it meant to truly live in Christ. His priorities were realigned. His marriage was saved. He got a new job and a new opportunity and a new chance with his family and found what it meant to have a living, growing relationship with Jesus. All these are stories of death and decay to life and joy, from darkness to light, from sadness to hope. Think about how your life has changed. Maybe over the past 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, 2 months, that change is a part of all a life with Christ because Christ doesn't save us to leave us where we are. Jesus saves us for more. And that is his promise to all of us. That is the good news for all of us. Jesus saves us for a better life in him. Ephesians 2.4 proclaims, But God, who is rich in mercy, out of great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead to our trespasses, has made us alive in Christ. So where have you experienced new life? What is your testimony? Sorry about this, Rachel. But <laughs> Rachel, she's looking like I'm really scared. I'm telling a story about you. When she was a little baby... She couldn't gain weight. She was very active, and the doctor was concerned about her. He said, you know, if your child does not gain weight, she's going to be classified as failure to thrive, and we're going to have to do some sort of medical intervention. Now, fortunately, she's happy and healthy, and, and she grew. But the fact that she wasn't growing at that time was a sign of unhealth. She was not healthy because she wasn't growing. The same could be said about our spiritual life. A sign of health in our spiritual life is growth and transformation. A sign of our spiritual vitality is how Jesus is working with us and through us. So think about your life. Where do you need new life? Where is there decay? Where is there death? Where does new life need to spring up in you? Just as Jesus invited Lazarus out of the tomb, 
He invites us to know that new life within us. He invites us to know transformation. Now, I don't know the specifics. I don't know how, and I don't know where, and I don't know when, but I know he invites us to new life with him. Now, I realize you're sitting there saying, you're the pastor. You're supposed to know where, when, and how, aren't you? That's what we pay you for. Well, the reality is, remember, Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Lazarus did not resurrect himself. Jesus brought the resurrection. So we can't self-help or will our way into transformation. This is something that Jesus does in our lives. Jesus transforms us as we trust him, and that transformation is extraordinary. Now, you may remember a few weeks ago, I shared the ingredients of an Oreo cookie. And I told you that I, those cookie ingredients made an Oreo. Now, I trust that they do. I can look up those ingredients and tell you the ingredients, but I don't know how it's made. That's a mystery to me. But I believe in the hands of a baker, an Oreo will come. And so it is with Jesus. When we put in the ingredients that lead to transformation, the change happens. And I trust Jesus to be the resurrection and the life. When we pray, when we worship, when we study our Bible, when we serve, when we come together as the body of Christ, when we do all those things, we open ourselves up to the transformative power of Jesus Christ to bring extraordinary resurrection in all of our lives. We open ourselves up to the work of Christ, and that is a beautiful thing. Jesus is in the transformation game, and in him we can know you life. Another extraordinary thing about this journey is I want to go back to the scripture. This does not happen alone. You're not alone in this transformation. And Jesus uses people like us to bring transformation. Did you notice in the scripture when Jesus asked for the uh, rock to be removed, he told the people to move back the rock. Did you notice when he called Lazarus out, he said to them, scripture said them, unbind him and let him be free, let him go. It was them. It was the community gathered. Jesus used them in that instance to free Lazarus. And he uses us. Transformation doesn't happen in isolation, but it happens through the body of Christ in community. And it happens to the body of Christ in community. And that is a beautiful thing. So where in your life do you need new life? Where is Jesus calling you out of the tomb? Where is that transformation needed? Because he is willing to offer transformation to you, to bring something beautiful, something extraordinary to you and to those around you. So we have two weeks left in this journey of extraordinary. And the next two weeks, we're going to look at extraordinary elements, how Jesus uses common water, common bread and juice 
to convey his extraordinary means of grace. I hope you come back and and join us as we conclude this series. Let us pray. God, we're so thankful for your grace and your presence with us and, and the fact that you do not leave us where we are, but you call us to more. You call us to sanctifying grace and call us to be transformed disciples in this world. Help us to to follow you so that we might receive transformation in new life, just like Lazarus, so that we might grow in your extraordinary love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is my great joy to welcome officially Beverly Godfrey to our family of faith. She comes to us by transfer of membership from another denomination. So I encourage you to greet her at the end of the service. And if you have a prayer need in your life uh, or feel the desire to transfer your membership, uh, a desire for the sacrament of baptism, or... Uh, professing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, know that I'm available after the service to pray with you and talk with you. Now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.